Adam Crowley Show. I give up, man. If you're not going to be honest about it, I give. Sean, my nipple looks like my nipple looks like my cat, like a like my cat's nipple. (laughs) Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. As a white man who grew up in Mount Lebanon, Pennsylvania, I can say that it was my privilege to watch the Oscars end last night. All that inclusion, all that gender equality stuff really makes me uncomfortable. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. A lot of peeps out there, including KDO, who's directly to my left, who are upset that Shape of Water won the best picture over things like Get Out or Three Billboards. In their opinion, Get Out was a terrific social commentary. In their opinion, Three Billboards was an effective social commentary. I'll agree. But the greater social commentary came from A Shape of Water. It showed us that you can find love in any form, any fashion. Doesn't matter if you're a fish man. Doesn't matter if you are a deaf woman. She's not deaf. She's mute. It brings up conversation. It teaches me the difference between the deaf and the mute. Did you watch the movie? Yes. She doesn't make any noise. Some splashing at some moments. May I cut in? No! I've had two conversations today where I learned a lot about mute people as it relates to deaf people. I've learned a lot about love. We all know that black and white people have issues in this country. We all know that racism exists. Being real, real, sir. African Americans make up a small portion of this country. They are minorities. You know what makes up a smaller population of this country, Katie? Fish. Fish! They always say there's many fish in the sea. Well, I've only seen a couple. Ariel and this dude. That's it. Those are the only two fish in the sea. They deserve their platform. They deserve their recognition. They deserve, Katie, to have their conversation be started. I know all about racism. I know all about ineffective police stations. What I did not know is that sometimes the greatest love... Don't. Please, oh my God. Is seen below the surface. And below the belt. She got it on with a fish. That fish was hot. No. Katie, that fish was had a far better right. body than that dude that you met at the coffee tree. He, so hard. True. He was cut. But still. Do you really think there's something wrong with that? It has its own free will. It can communicate. It's not like it's... A dog. I will agree. I said no! earlier. I win. No. I said earlier that I liked the message of the movie that, like water, love is fluid. Bride and Tom laughed at me. They are the uncultured swine mm-hmm. of the Adam Crowley show, if I may That's be true. so bold. That's true. I have I have it going on. I'm woke. But it was well done. It was, I like I like the message, but it was. Everything it was you're weird. saying sounds a lot like best picture. But the other ones were well done, too. It's a tough category. I'm glad it's not my job to pick the winner because 
So I didn't. Clearly, I don't know what I'm talking about. I didn't see three billboards all the way through because I fell asleep. So what were what was actually on the three billboards? The first one said raped while murdered. The second one said still no arrests. And the third said how come and then the name of the chief of police in the town. Yeah, that doesn't sound like something I want to watch. I I it's, couldn't get into it either. It's it's her. It like doesn't Francis. sound like it, it doesn't sound great. like it's funny. She won I mean, Best it's not, Actress. It's not a comedy. She's funny. She is amazing, and she does so many things well. She deserved it. She did. But just because she deserved to be the best increase in the leading role doesn't mean that the movie was great. I thought it was incredibly well acted. I thought the cast was fabulous. I thought it was well shot. I just, the plot, I mean. I disagree. Well, you're wrong. I agree with you. Sally Wigan thought that the fish man was hot. Okay. Didn't have a tissue. I disagree with Sally Wigan. No, you don't. You already said he was cut. He had a great body. Yeah, okay. But so hot. He was more of like a butterface. Can I say that? That's fair. <laughs> the fish was a butterface. Yeah. 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 I just think that when you have a conversation like I did in my first segment today, where I confused the mute and the deaf and then get immediately corrected, make the same mistake, get corrected again, I think I've learned something. I didn't learn anything from Get Out. I didn't learn anything. But you made the same mistake twice. So. From Dunkirk. Well, I always get two. It's three strikes before you're out, Katie. This is a sports show. It's oh, baseball. baseball. Cool. Okay, baseball. I'm, I'm, I'm with it. I got it. See, these are all hard movies to watch for me. It, it, like, you look, with, with uh, Shape of Water... You lost me at, at the fish stick. The minute that he supposedly pulls this fish stick out, it is weird. so hard. Like, I don't want to see that. Thank I do you. not need to see fish sticks Thank in my you. in my movies Thank at you. all. If you like, say that quickly, then it's an SEC violation. What do you mean? Fish, fish sticks. sticks. Yeah, fish sticks. Yeah, fish sticks. 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 So hard. Sticks. Sticks. Fish sticks. Fish sticks. It didn't. I was. I've seen worse in Morgantown on a Wednesday than fish sticks. I don't doubt that, actually. I That's... just think that, I think the people who say, oh, it's just a, it's a fish making love with a deaf woman. Mute! Three strikes. Three, three. What was that? Didn't hear you. Three strikes. Would you use the crystal microphone? I think that it's small-minded people that can't wrap their heads around what is the message that Shape of Water puts out there. Oh, I'm grossed out by the fish. Okay, it's a fish man. It's weird, but it makes the point. And the point is that you shouldn't have a problem with any form of love in whatever shape it takes. And even if it's the Shape of Water, you should love that there is love. Because there is no better way than to See into the eyes of God than love. It's something like that, I think. If I bring, if I brought a fish home, if I told you guys, hey, I'm gonna bring a fish home to meet my parents for Christmas. You, you ever had a pet fish? It died after approximately 48 hours. Now, when your parents bought the fish, did they bring it home yeah. to meet you? Doesn't seem like all that far-fetched a situation, Katie. I mean, in 48 hours, it's hard to develop a relationship. Katie, you don't know what would have happened if you had that fish for, say, a week. That's true. Two weeks. Mm -hmm. You might have developed a love affair with this fish and still been With dating this fish. fish. Yeah, still dating this fish to this day. Okay. 
I think short-term memory can really be beneficial in like our relationship. Like interspecies love is all right. Memory. Mm-hmm. Like Dory, literally. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. It's a man who's a fish. I mean, did you, did you not like The Little Mermaid? Did you think that that was perverse? No. Because Ariel's hot. Is that it? Is Ariel enough human for you, Katie, that you're okay with it? Because now we're now we found ourselves at a weird line here. I think that this is discrimination. It's okay when you're half human, half fish, but you can't be all fish that looks like a human. Are you okay? I think that you are really revealing your character on today's program. Fish need love too. They do. Don't hate on fish, Katie. Fish are friends, not food. Fish are lovers. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley tomorrow on the show. Is it the last segment? Oh boy, <laughs> I thought the show was over. Nope. Oh boy. Well, By the thought... way, that last conversation made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Well, it's because you don't have the ability for introspection. Neither is Katie. I mean, you're trying too hard. No, I'm not. Wow. I believe in love. A thing called love. Just listen to the Darkness, rhythm yeah, we know. of my heart. There's a chance we can make it now. We'll be rocking till the sun goes down. In fact, Tom, find the song. It might be time for Kraliokie. It's been a while. Tom's not going to find that quick. I bet you I could find it faster than Tom. Should we play that game? Yeah, sure. Go we ahead. play the Tom Combine game. Yeah, meanwhile, is it bad that I haven't seen any movie that was nominated? Like, it just doesn't interest me. If it, like, pops up on, like, uh-oh, uh-oh, never mind. Go ahead, Kraliokie. Sorry. This is how Shape of Water made me feel. Everybody can help if they want to. Can't explain all the feelings that you're making me feel My heart's in overdrive and you're behind the steering wheel Touching you Touching me Touching you Believe in a thing called love. Fish love. There's a chance we can make it now. I believe in a thing called love. I mean, why would you want to take that feeling from anyone? Why would you want to deprive anybody from that kind of happiness, Kate? I wouldn't. I'm not saying that I would. You're twisting this. So, uh, legitimate question. Mm-hmm. If Fishman comes flopping down the street. Okay. Do you befriend this man? Or do you say you're different than us? We we scorn you. Back to the ocean, you ugly MF-er. Okay, if this is genuinely a fishman, why would I treat him differently than another stranger that I don't want to talk to? Okay, what if he comes and sits over at your lunch table? You going to be mean to this simple, kid? I, no. You going to walk away from him? No. I am. Fishman walks into a cafeteria and I'm sitting there. I'm freaked out, man. See, you're part like of the I, problem. There's a fish man. You're part it's of the problem. It's a fish man. You're part of the problem. It's a damn fish man. There was a time in this country that my ancestors with their red hair would have been told to F up. 
I'm not talking about the Irish. I'm talking about a half man, half fish. If it walks into the cafeteria, I'm probably calling the cops. It would be unsettling for sure. I might call the cops too. But after I got to know them, I wouldn't mind sending no, my sister up with them. You don't even get to know a fish man. He's cut, man. You don't even get to know a fish man. That's freaky, dude. They don't exist, first of all. So if one walked in, that's shocking. I'm I'm calling something. Animal control? Whoever yeah. handles fish, man? If nothing else, the real takeaway from Shape of Water is that we got to know what kind of gyms they have underwater because, mm-hmm. my God. So hard. That Been lifting coral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe bench pressing some, or uh, I don't know, sturgeon. Anchors. Oh, anchors. There you go. Shipwrecks. Yeah. Doing push-ups on the Titanic, that sort of thing. Mm. How deep can Fishman go? Did the movie cover that? Well, if he goes down deep enough, his wardrobe could be a trench coat. Nailed it. It's not even funny. Up next, I don't often disagree with Sidney Crosby, but today I'll make an exception. We'll talk to Jesse Marshall of The Athletic. It's The Crowley Show. Covering the Penguins on and off the ice. Your home of the Pens, ESPN Pittsburgh. I just think it's discrimination. I, I don't care if you're a half fish, half man, half black, half white. If you are fish man, that means man's at least a little part of you. ESPN Pittsburgh traffic. Everybody can help if they want to. Touching you, touching me, <laughs> touching you, touching me. I believe in a thing called fish love. There's a chance we can make it now. I don't often disagree with Sidney Crosby, but today I will make an exception. You can hear from Jesse Marshall coming up in a few minutes. Crosby, after the win over the Islanders, said that the main thing is to get the two points and try to build off that. Herm Edwards would agree. I do not. The Penguins have an eight-point buffer between them and the final playoff spot, and winning the division just simply doesn't matter. Ask Washington. So at this time of the year... You want the two points, but it really comes down to playing well and adjusting your game for the playoffs. Penguins had given up 38 shots on goal in each of the last two games. That's putrid. It's terrible. That would qualify as not playing well. Saturday, the Penguins needed to get back to the bases and play the right way, and they did just that. They controlled the 5-on-5 play. They generated 60.5% of the chances. They outshot New York 50-27. to The defensemen did not take as many chances as we've seen of late, and the Penguins largely managed the puck better. Penguins are only charted with seven giveaways as opposed to the 12 and the 14 that they've been credited with over the previous two games. So if the Penguins had lost, oh well. Playing smart, structured hockey will lead to more wins in the long haul. The Penguins just have to hashtag trust the process.
Jesse Marshall of The Athletic joins me now here on The Crowley Show. One of these things we've been trying to do is meet before the show. And in fact, if I don't show up to the meetings, I have to run my own board for the day. That would suck, so I will be there every day, too. But it's so that we can use all of our creative juices. But one of the things we're working on is getting great guests. It's the year of excellence 2.0. And I've been booking all my own guests. So we're trying to get Tom to book some guests. And the way we're doing that is... If I book a guest, I get points. If Tom books a guest, he gets points, and we'll tier the levels of guests. Tim Benz, local guy, he comes on every Thursday. Zero points for Benz. Zero. None. He's nothing. I love the guy, but, I mean, he's going to come on. He loves me. I love him. We're buds. Get on Stugat. That's like a fiver. Jesse Marshall, my next guest. You are. You're, you know what? Jesse, because you are on right now, you are a tier one guest. I was going to ask you what tier I was at. I mean, that was the first thing that was going to come out of my mouth. So I'm flattered, to be honest with you. Uh, I will say, though, in the interest of fixing this game, I will now only be taking booking requests from Tom. Damn it! Probably you've lost one. I got to even the playing field here. I feel like Tom's at a disadvantage. Tom is at a disadvantage, but that's only because he's (laughs) awful at his job. Jesse Marshall (laughs) from the Athletic joining me here. On the Crowley Show. Uh, Jesse, I started the show off, well, talking about Shape of Water and then talking to Sally Wigan. And then I started to talk about the Penguins. And even if they had not won that game against the Islanders, I would have been so encouraged by the way that they played. What say you? Yeah, respect the process, right? Um, That's what it's about. Yeah, and that was a game where you got the impression that the Penguins are pretty upset with how they performed against the Bruins. I was even against Carolina, for that matter. Um, yeah, although they, I thought they controlled that game pretty well, too. It wasn't the level of the, the, the way that they had controlled the game against the Islanders. So I, I think they had a little bit of, uh, uh, little bit of frustration to work out uh, against the Islanders. I think it's exactly what they did. It's one of those games where the scoreline is in no way, shape, or form indicative of how absolutely dominant of a performance that was in, in virtually every aspect. So, uh, yeah, I mean, back on the right track, right? I mean, I, they, that, was a, that was a performance that would remind you of one of their performances from two or three weeks ago. Um, you know, prior to the trade deadline when they were just sawing through teams uh, at even strength. Uh, a little bit more of the same from them and definitely a, a, a step onto the right track again. Yeah, could not agree more, Jesse. And I like the line combinations that the Penguins came out with. Uh, I thought that they managed the puck largely better. Uh, was that the biggest thing to you? They just took care of the puck more? Well, I think that every time you see a Penguin game that kind of devolves into what that Bruins game devolved into. And you go back to Chicago earlier this year, and just some of the games where they've been out of sorts and haven't looked like themselves, I think at the heart of all those performances is poor puck management. Um, And I think that Mike Sullivan has kind of alluded to that, not necessarily coming right out and saying we got to take better care of the puck, but I think when you're in a mode, Adam, where you're trying to just outscore the other team, right, that's, that's a distinction that Mike Sullivan has made. We're not outplaying the other team. We're trying to outscore the other team. And, and, you know, in the interest of trying to create offense and trying to get up ice and be creative and do the things that you know you're good at, uh, sometimes you try to rush those plays in the defensive zone. And I think that overall, if you go back and watch the tape against the Bruins, a lot of the passes that were being made out of the defensive zone were passes. I, I would refer to them, Adam, as hope plays, right? You're, you're making a play on the puck hoping that one of your teammates is going to be there to create to, to corral it. Uh, it's not a play where you're picking your head up and you're, you're, you know, you're, you're sending a laser tape-to-tape pass to one of your teammates. It's a head-down panic kind of thing uh, in the interest of just getting the puck out as quickly as possible. Uh, and, and credit to the Bruins, they were there to jump on those opportunities. So uh, I think when they avoid those hope plays, 
uh, they get the, the puck in the hands of the talented forwards, and then they're off, off to the races the other direction. Early thoughts on Kessel and Broussard. Oh, I need more. I need more time. I, I think, I, I, you know, if I did one thing, Adam, I probably undersold how long it was going to take Derek Broussard to work out of some of the habits he had as a, a by proxy of playing for the defensive juggernaut Ottawa Senators for the last, you know, year and change. I, I think that that system is just so inherently restrictive. Uh, and, and it's a passive reactive system more than it is an aggressive attacking system. And I think that, you know, the first two games, he was trying to find his way out of that. Um, and it's not something that's going to come overnight. You don't develop chemistry overnight. So I loved what I saw uh, this weekend. Uh, I think that they're on the right track. I think uh, having Brian Rust on that line and having a guy that can do some of that, not to say that Derek Broussard can't do the dirty work, uh, but, but Brian Rust is a space creator, Adam. He's a space creator in how he plays. He goes in there hard, uh, four checks hard, and, and his presence on that four check opens up space for everybody else. And that's what makes Patrick Hornquist great, uh, great too. So I like that combination. I think that there's something to be said for, for uh, Kessel and Broussard up to this point. I mean, in, in the limited time we've seen them, uh, I expect it to get better. I expect it to get better, especially as Derek Broussard becomes more comfortable uh, in the Penguin system as a whole. Funniest goal you ever seen? The goal that Chari gave up, Jari gave up. No, uh, I think back to uh, 1993, uh, New York Islanders, the series that broke my heart as a child, um, when uh, uh, they scored from uh, just across uh, the red line. Uh, also, 96, Tom Fitzgerald's goal if uh, the Florida Panthers. Those were equally as bad. You're right, though. The Jari one was probably funnier, to your point. Yeah, those ones were soul-crushing. Uh, those, those, yeah, those were soul-crushing. So, yeah, I was the funniest then. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think I'd think i have to go with that one. I also enjoyed Steve Mason allowing a goal to the Washington Capitals in the playoffs <laughs> of center ice as well. So yeah. I also thoroughly enjoyed that one. But, yeah, that was – Tristan Jari felt really bad about that after the game. He said that he really – and it was a learning experience for him. Uh, this is a goalie with a lot of pedigree, and I, I, I think that – in his mind, what he said was that he thought Davidson was going to dump the puck in. He expected that puck to loop around the wall, and he wanted to get a jump on it uh, and get into that trapezoid to make a play. And then I think he realized before, you know, and by this point it was too late that it wasn't going behind it, that it was coming right at him. Uh, and then he kind of got caught up in his own skates and, and, and fell. Get that one out of the way though now, Adam, because if you need him in the playoffs, he's not going to make that mistake again. So I'd rather him do that in a regular season game against the Islanders uh, regardless of how big of a game it is, uh, I'd rather him do that now than you know in April or May. Couldn't agree more, and it sounds like his teammates were good sports about it. I couldn't stop laughing. I really couldn't. I was at a beer party, which is what us young kids like to do on the weekends, <laughs> and I just I was dying. I mean, I have not seen anything like that in a while. And yeah, even, even the Islanders when they celebrated, I mean, they were beaming from ear to ear. Yeah, I was pretty brutal on Tristan Jari, and in retrospect, I probably was too hard on him. I, I think that the moment, though, coming off that Boston game, um, it just set such a horrible tempo. But it's not, I, you know, honestly, Adam, I think a large portion of why the Penguins dominated that game the way they did was the bounce back from that goal. Um, I, I think it was a team sort of collective, we're not going to go out like this type of a situation. Uh, I think the team leaders took over, much as they did after the Bruins game, when they kind of addressed the media at length and handled things in the locker room. So, uh, you know, maybe in a way that goal is a blessing in disguise in the sense it kind of kicked everybody in the rear and, and, and made that, you know, when you outshoot a team 50 to 27, uh, you know, you're doing something right. So I, I think if nothing else, maybe that helped uh, kickstart things a little bit for him there. I thought the Penguins showed their bounce-back ability in this game, like you just mentioned, from that goal 
And then the late goal was in the third period, obviously, but it was also one of the stinker variety. The Penguins just kept coming, they kept coming, they kept coming. And in overtime, uh, they were on the PK, which is obviously not easy to kill off in a four-on-three situation. They were able to respond from that. There was a lot of panic, Jesse, about the Penguins reverting back to their old ways and being petulant and not playing within their structure against Boston, but... I thought that they responded in a very mature fashion to all the adversity in this game, and I thought that they did play within their structure. I just think it shows that this is a far more mature team than the pre-Mike Sullivan team. Ah, 100%, yeah. And that, and that penalty kill, to your point, that was a penalty kill of the year for me. Yeah. I mean, the Islanders had possession of that thing almost for a full two minutes, and credit to Riley Shane and Brian Dumoulin. Um, I mean, those guys were just absolutely out there eating lanes up. Uh, and 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 working hard to to make sure that they took away every little uh, ounce of space that was available. So, yeah, I it, I think uh, you know I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they bought into the hype or, or with the Broussard trade, uh, but I think there was a lot of distraction that came with that, right? I think there was a lot of, I mean, you lose Ian Cole, you bring in a guy that you know has a lot of pedigree, a guy that that you know it's a message sender. Jim Rutherford said to this team, "We're all in. We're going to try to win a third straight cup," and I think that that for uh, to some extent. And I don't think any of the players would say this, but I think to some extent that disrupted the day-to-day for them a little bit. Uh, and then you had Matt Murray going down, who, who was just absolutely unbelievable uh, in the six games leading up to his injury. Uh, and I think it just shook things up a little bit, and, and, and they lost a little bit of the focus that they had. You know, Mike Sullivan said, you don't form a habit in three games. That was what he said after the game uh, against the Bruins. So I'm not concerned about these things you know, being uncorrectable issues. We just have to get it together. Um, and he, he, to his credit, blasted them on film. I, I think uh, everybody got a little bit of a wake-up call from the coach and from the team leaders uh, in the video sessions following that game. So to your point, yeah, uh, it, it's not something that I'm super concerned about. I mean, they went through a bad stretch. and You know, th- that's why in the NHL, Adam, you, you, you have to take everything in an 8- to 10-game stretch, right? I, that, that's, that's when sample sizes kind of even themselves out and, and normalize, you know, that, that three games is certainly an aberration uh, in an otherwise unbelievable 2018, but it's not anything that can't be fixed. Can Matt Hunwick be fixed, or is it Chad Ruedel now for here on out? Uh, yeah, I was thinking about that this weekend, and, and you know, Chad Ruedel, by the way, unbelievable performance against the Islanders, uh, completely controlled the game. Uh, 27 shot attempts generated with him on the ice versus only 11 coming back the other way. Uh, 11 scoring chances generated with him on the ice, only five coming back the other way. That's a great game. It's a great game for your third-pairing defenseman. I, here's what I think, Adam. I, I think back to, to Chad Ruedel's time with the Penguins, specifically you know, on into the playoffs last year, and I can't really point to a time where Chad Ruedel lost the Penguins a game. Right? He's a guy that you plug in. He's very serviceable in one thing, and that's being a number six defenseman. Uh, you can't take him out of that role. You can't bump him up and give him number four minutes. Uh, but you give him those number six minutes, you monitor his deployment, and you know what you're going to get back. And I think about some of the performances Matt Hunwick has had over the course of the last couple, couple weeks, and you could maybe point to a game or two where you think, man, like some of those shifts cost us the game. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I think that for right now, uh, you have to roll with what you got, and I think Ruido will be in tonight against Calgary Flames, uh, and you have to play him until he gives you a reason not to. And, and I think the thing about Ruido again, Adam, is that he's not going to give you a reason not to. Uh, he's just a good game manager that can skate, a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none type of defenseman. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, Matt Hunwick, even on his natural side, just hasn't found any level of comfort with this team yet.
Jesse Marshall from The Athletic joining me here on the Crowley Show. They'll play four guys most of the time in the playoffs. Yes, uh, those top two pair on defense? Uh, sure, yeah. I, I wouldn't expect – I think if things continue as they are and, and Rubio continues to give the Penguins you know, decent performances, uh, positive performances, I, I think that's a pairing that you're still going to get out there uh, and try to limit the minutes of a Chris Letang and so he's not playing 26-27 a night. Um, but what I like so far uh, you know, is you get a little bit of a bump out of that third pairing, Adam, because Ole Mata is just having an unbelievable season. And I think that having him on the quote-unquote third pairing with Chad Ruiel is a good thing because it forces you or Mike Sullivan, ubiquitous you, it forces Mike Sullivan to play that third pairing more because you're not going to let Ole Mata sit on the bench with the year he's having, right? Uh, so I think that the pairing of Mata and Ruiel is a good one because it gives you a little bit more confidence to deploy that third pairing a little bit more than maybe you might uh, if it was maybe Jamie Oleksiak and Chad Ruedel. Um So I think, you know, honestly, that that's something that Sullivan's really hit on here uh, is, is letting Olimata be the, be the foundation of a pairing and letting him be the guy to take the initiative and be the rock on that pairing. Uh, he's earned it. You know, we've all been waiting ever since the, with the cancer and the shoulder surgeries and all the things he's gone through. Everybody's been waiting for him to have a return to form of his rookie season. He's outpacing that rookie season right now. Uh, so that return to form is definitely upon us. Uh, and I like the way that they've organized this thing uh, to give a little bit of uh, reliability to that third pairing. Jesse, really good stuff, man. I appreciate the time. We're going to have Tom get in touch with you for next week. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you. There he goes. Jesse Marshall of The Athletic. That guy's really good. He's really good at what he does, and he's young, and he's got energy, and he cares. I really root for people like that. I root for myself. I have energy. I'm young. I care. You know who I don't root for? A hundred-year-old dudes? Strike that. I don't root for 99-year-old dudes who race in the 100 to 104 division of the 50 and 100-meter flood. Check out our page, ESPNPGH.com. Here's the headline. George Coronas. Won the 50-meter and the 100-meter swim events for his age group, the 100- to 104-year-old group. But here's the thing. That flabby son of a bitch is 99. He's not 100. One of the things that's important about setting that record is you actually having been on the earth for 100 years. Because part of it's being alive to be able to race. And I'm not convinced this guy's going to make it another month. And if he doesn't, I think that... How about that, then? Let's just put that in. If this old guy doesn't live to be 100, then obviously it can't count. It's got to have an asterisk. It's got to not count. We'll talk more about old people swimming when we come back. Big theme on the show today is water. Yeah, old fish man now. This guy does not look anywhere near as good. If I... Katie... If you had the choice between going out with an old, old man or that hot-ass, rocked-up fish man from Shape of Water, who are you going out with? We're going amphibian. And I'm surprised that Katie didn't lie. Once you go amphibian, you'll never go back? Once you go amphibian, it'll never fit again? (laughs) That rhyme. Crowley Show. Covering the Penguins on and off the ice. Everybody right to the net, back and it is! Oh, what a goal! 
Your home of the Pens, ESPN Pittsburgh. During the break, I was lamenting the fact that I'm nervous about how many beers I'm going to drink at the great sports debate. And I was like, I'm going to have to slow play it so I don't make an ass of myself. And then this song came on. And I'm going to drink so many beers. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Last chance to get on in the conversation today, although I won't hold my breath. Like fish, man. Duh! You're so witty that you ruined my transition. Sorry. Go ahead. Segway now. This guy's so old, he probably has to use a segue to get around. Nailed it. George Cronus. Won the 50-meter and 100-meter swim events for his age group, the 100- to 104-year-old age group. But he doesn't turn 100 until April. So I'm going to go around quickly. Tom, this guy should not have been allowed to compete at that level, yes? Uh, no, he's 99. Thank you. Brian? No, not at all. It, it's, it's ridiculous, and I'll tell you why. Because if like a little kid wants to play... Can you just follow directions? No. Wasn't that hard, man. Dude, would you just, Tom knew how to do it. One word answer and move on. Is this, should this guy be allowed to compete? No. Katie. No. Brian, please elaborate. Look, if you're a kid and, and you're playing in the 12 to 13 year old group, this is great. And you're younger, they're not going to let you play in that group. Same way if you're too old to do it, not a chance. Unfortunately, there's probably not a 104 to 108 category, so we don't end up dealing with that end of it. But no, this guy's a cheater. This guy is essentially the equivalent of a Russian doper. He's cheating. That's what I he said. He needs to be banned. He needs to be kicked off the circuit. Now, look, I don't even think when he turns 100, he should be able to recompete. Oh, I think he, he should. No, because he's, he's got to do it again, the though. Rules. Look, he needs the death penalty. I mean, it's coming anyway within a couple like months, probably. But still, he needs the death penalty from elderly swimming. This and, guy. And by the way, yes, why aren't okay. there any other competitors? He's in a pool by himself. I mean, I have a theory That's on that one. That's not a sport. That's an old man getting exercise. Okay. Just because you put a stopwatch on it does not make it a sport. Okay, two things. Okay. You go to the YMCA all day long, you see the same damn thing. A bunch of old people slowly swimming up and down a pool. And I'll tell you another thing. It wasn't even that fast. How the hell is that a world record? Okay. I'm done with this guy. I'll tell you one thing you're definitely going to see. His frankenbeans when you walk into the locker room. <laughs> Old man in Speedo is BS too. No, you That's know, a whole other thing. You know this guy changes in front of everyone in the locker room. Yeah, and he, put, he probably puts his leg up on the bench uh. and like gets the old hair dryer just, <laughs> just to make sure the wrinkly grapes are all, all dry. Before he puts so on his old man polyester pants. Okay, so this is a poll question. Pun intended. Tom, when you're that old, is it the biggest that it's ever been just based on gravity? 
on gravity, yeah. I don't think there's a question. Brian? Um, I'm going to say, uh, as as being in a bunch of locker rooms, yeah. Yeah, they stretch. They do stretch. Yep. I don't think there's that much of a difference between this guy and the sea monster from Shape of Water. I mean, obviously, the monster was far more cut. But this guy's got webbed feet because of all that skin. Mm-hmm. He looks like a prune as it is, so when he hops into the pool, he just turns into like a raisin or something. I don't think there's. I actually think that old people have an advantage when it comes to swimming, because I think all of their flaps lend themselves to being a good swimmer. That's a good point. It gives you a certain kind of aqua dynamic uh, quality that helps you float through the. You know, there's that's similar to like a manatee. Yes. You know when they flap those little things. Or around. it's 2018. I'm sorry. Also, womanities. That's good. I think we could beat this guy in a race for sure. Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm a terrible swimmer, but I could beat this guy in a race. There's no doubt in my mind. I could beat him walking across the bottom of the pool. I could beat him doing the dead man float, which he's going to be good at that in a few years. But I could beat him just like floating in the pool and and letting the wave take me. Well, isn't this the issue? That when you're 99 and you're going to be competing in the 100 to 104, that it's kind of imperative that you have to survive to become 100. Like, I, I think it's like... <sighs> Brett Favre set a whole bunch of records. He had to be there to set the records. That's a terrible analogy. It's the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. John Beeline is a better coach than Jim Harbaugh. All you hear is Jim Harbaugh is the greatest coach out there in college ball who's never won nothing. I think he never won nothing. He can't be considered a great coach. Now, Beeline... He performed at West Virginia. It's not easy to win a championship there. I'll admit that. And Michigan isn't exactly a great basketball school, yet he's had them relevant. Back-to-back years, they won the Big 12 championship. Jim Harbaugh hasn't even beaten Ohio State. John Beeline beat every team in the conference this year. Yet who gets all the pub? Jim Harbaugh. It ain't right. Jim Harbaugh, overrated. Is Jim Harbaugh the Tom Izzo of football coaches? Well, Tom Izzo's actually won something. So it's been a long out. time. Yeah, Tom, you're right. The answer to that question is no. That was the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. Woo! Other crap. Radford basketball is going dancing. Yeah, baby! The alma mater of one Brian LaMartina. <laughs> Haven't been back since 2009. Highlanders getting it done. They're going to lose by 70 to Villanova. Dude, honestly, you should have seen what a dork I was yesterday. So, like, it's funny. We got this thing going where... Like I'm watching West Virginia basketball, Crowley's watching West Virginia basketball, and and usually when there's a close game, 
and and West Virginia's game is on the line, I'll text Crowley and say something like, uh-oh, or like, oh, no, something like that. And every time I do it, West Virginia loses. So yesterday, yesterday during during the Radford game, they're going against Liberty, and and <laughs> coming down to the last second shot, and I get a text from Crowley that says, "Wow!" And I know as soon as he get as soon as I get this, he's trying to jinx me back. I'm trying to f with that mojo, yo. But what happens? Nailed the three at the buzzer for Radford. Scored under sixty points, of course. Yeah, I don't think anybody in that game <laughs> yeah, could even yeah. dunk, but. but but they they did get it done, and they're going to the dance. Woo! Other crap. KDO was drunk Saturday night. She met up with that guy that she was supposed to go on the date with. So that's what she was thinking about. I got drunk on Saturday night and tweeted Joe Lenardi. Woo! Other crap. The NFL used a coin flip that Tom Offerman watched to determine the draft order. It was electric. Why does a billion-dollar industry use coin flips and index cards to determine stuff? Woo! Other crap. One more quick one. Did you guys see the video of the coach that was denying the inbound pass in that basketball game? Tom, fair or foul? Uh, fair. He's a part of the team. Agree. Agree. Fair. Okay. It's his team. Fair. 100%. I don't think it's a violation. He was within his coaching box. If you can have sex with a fish as a mute woman. Did I get it? I got it. Mute. She's mute. Do we know she's mute? Would somebody say something so it's better radio? Yes. She's mute. Okay, it's mute. Very good. She would suck on the radio, by the way. If you have sex with a fish... In this world, then you as a basketball coach can deny an inbound pass. That's why The Shape of Water was the greatest movie this year. Because it made me rethink everything. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye.